let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Welcome to Outposts of Heaven, the podcast in our new studio. <laughs> Guys, we're in bed. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a new studio, but we did get some new recording equipment. And, it's and it fun. has a long arm thing that makes it possible for us to literally be laying in literally bed. Literally be laying in bed. Literally be laying in bed. And by long arm thing, she means a mic stand. Yeah. <laughs> which is, before we just had like a little like desk stand that the mic goes into. Uh, but we got some new mics and stuff. Uh, unfortunately, we are novices when it comes to ordering mics. And we didn't realize that the mics didn't come with the cords we needed so we're still waiting on cords but we're using our new pop filters and uh our mic stands yeah but that means that we can record while lying in bed and this is the greatest because guys we had our baby (laughs) so now we get newborn cuddles in bed and we can record at the same time. Right. And by we, Emily means she gets newborn cuddles because she is very jealous of her newborn cuddle time and <laughs> doesn't let me cuddle the baby unless she's doing something. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can have him. Do you want him? <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> okay. Luckily, I get him a lot because you're busy with you're busy with some with other things. So. Yeah. But that's actually Anyways. what we're talking about today. Yeah. We just want to tell Ammon's birth story, kind of the... His and hers perspective, maybe, and then answer some of your questions about birthing and pregnancy during a pandemic. Yeah. So with this, are, are we... Emily's kind of planned this episode. So. I haven't even really planned it, honestly. Right, this well, is just like a, let's just chat. Well, I think with most things when it comes to pregnancy, um, like the husband's really just there as like backup. It's like, it's not really my my gig, so... Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here to support you and talk about whatever you want to talk about. So, okay. uh, with that in mind, are we going to talk? Are we going to compare this pregnancy to uh, our others, or are we just going to tell the story of this one? Let's just tell this one, maybe. Okay. I mean, we're gonna. Okay, so I don't really know where to start the story. Well, usually this story starts. Uh huh. With. Uh, Once upon a time, <laughs> I don't know what you're getting at. When a boy really loved a girl. <laughs> okay, well, beyond that, <laughs> way after that, way after that. Um, okay, so um, let's see. So with Hiram, we'll just do a little bit of comparing and contrasting. Okay, that's fine. So with Hiram, um, I started laboring, like contracting and stuff, weeks before I was due. And so we went into the So is hospital. this, oh, hold on, I, I'm, I'm not a woman. And okay. so I do not participate in these women sharing times when they talk about like the, the birth story. Women sharing times. And the pregnancy stories. Yeah. So when we say this, are we referring to, to like all of pregnancy, like the whole pregnancy experience? Or are we talking about like the birth? Like. So we're going to talk about the birth. Okay. So not right like. Now. Okay, cool. So like a birth story is like, oh my gosh, she's in labor. Birth. <laughs> Birth. There you go. That is the 
great example of Emily's storytelling style. She's in labor, birth. I was just about to make a joke because I feel like that's how I tell the story to other people. I'm like, okay. oh yeah, so we had this like, and we went to labor, and it was really fast, and it was super good. <laughs> And we had the baby, and it was a wonderful experience, and I loved it. That's like a guy telling a Okay, a so story. there's the, his perspective. There you go. I can leave. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> and now back to birth. Birth. <laughs> okay. okay, so basically, from our other pregnancies, we know that my body labors for a long time. Like so weeks long. before. And then it just kind of, I don't know. Comes upon you. Well. As a midnight dream. Clear? Clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so it was really hard for me this time around, too, to kind of figure out when my body was actually in, like, Yeah, when she out, says, like... She, like, consistent contractions for weeks. Like, a, at least a week and a half before all of our kids. Yeah. And for the most part, it's very regular, and so it's just really hard to know, like, when it's, when is the time, you know? Like, it's not, for me anyways, my experience has never been, like, in the movies when they're like, it's time, oh my gosh, like, it's time to go right now. Um, or, like, my water broke. That just, like, isn't a thing for me. Um, so it's just kind of really confusing. So we went in um, on Wednesday. Thursday. Thursday? Thursday. Okay. So we went in on Thursday and kind of we were monitored and um, I wasn't really progressing. So they had us walk around and use the bouncy ball. <laughs> What's it called? The bouncy ball. <laughs> the birthing ball. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, They gave her a little like 25 cent bouncy ball and she just threw it no, in the wall. No, no, no. <laughs> the birthing ball. And I just wasn't progressing. And so they sent us home. And I think being sent home is really discouraging. What? How do you feel about being sent home, babe? I think it's, uh, for some reason, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it totally is. But it shouldn't be. It's like, they don't know what Like, you don't know what your body is. Like, like, you don't know what your labor is. or And they never, I mean, I don't think, in our experience, they don't make you feel that way. They're not rude. They're not, like, wouldn't you say? They're not rude about it. For the most part, I feel like... Maybe with, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell what people are actually trying to insinuate because it's just such an emotional experience that mm. it's super easy to read into things and like see the worst of people. And like we come in expecting to have a baby and so we're like super excited about it. Yeah. And then to be sent home is really discouraging, really embarrassing. So a lot of emotions in there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's embarrassing and it's frustrating and. And then. I mean, in our case, I labor at home for forever. And so it's like, okay, well, when am I supposed to go back? Like, what's it supposed to feel like? Yeah. And so this was the time, though, where I really felt like that's what it feels like. Because with Hiram, we came back and I was still not progressing. And I had a C-section. And then with Ruth... I was induced. So I never really had that feeling of like, okay, this is freaking for real. Yeah. Um, but the, and, but this time when we went in on Thursday, it was like that. I mean, it was like... It was getting there, yeah. And well, we, we thought it we, was. No, we thought it was, yeah. And it had la- it lasted like... We waited 24 hours of having 
intense, regular contractions. Yeah. Um, and by regular, we mean five to seven minutes apart. Yeah. Five to seven and minutes. Then, <laughs> Emily's quoting the office. Five to seven minutes. Five to seven minutes. Six minutes. Different, but, but not, not really. really. So uh, we went in on Thursday, and it was just so frustrating um, for me as, like, husband and dad. I'm like, what? When am I supposed to bring my wife in now? Because they, they, they told us at the after or when we left, like, just go home, like, uh, like when it's re- <laughs> when, when it's, it feels different i'm like okay yeah they what? said like when it feels different like when it's time bring her back in i'm like okay so how do i know when it's time and they said okay when it's five to seven minutes apart um and like they're really intense and she can't she has trouble speaking through through the contractions which is what she was at already on thursday and it was just, it was super frustrating for me because I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to help my wife? How am I supposed to protect her and my unborn child and keep them safe and know when to bring them to the hospital when what they're telling me are the signs was what was happening at the time yeah. already. Anyways. Um, and Emily did, and they said like, oh, it just seems like it's not real labor, but she had dilated uh three centimeters since monday and so when she went in for a checkup on monday she was a one mm-hmm. and then we went in on thursday morning she was like a three three and a half and when they sent us home she was like a four ish and yeah. so she had even dilated while we were there so like it but she, it just like wasn't enough because we were there like all yeah. day long so like she's dilating so she's in labor Oh my goodness. What? Okay, so when we were there. <laughs> you're talking about your shot? Yes. Okay. okay. I, th- I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. <laughs> I kind of forgot that it happened. So we were there and the the midwife was like, okay, well, here's one option. We can put you in therapeutic rest, which is basically. We're going to knock you out with some drugs. A shot or of shoot morphine you with some drugs. to the bum cheek. And, uh,. Super painful. It burns really bad, but I took the best nap of my life. She took the best nap of her life that day and the next day. And the next day, really. <laughs> she was gone. <laughs> she she slept for like four hours in the hospital, and the nurse came in to check on her about two hours into it, and she's like, "Is is she awake? Has she said anything?" And I said, "Nurse, <laughs> nurse, uh, you called her uh, nurse." <laughs> no, I said, "Ma'am." I'm like, "Ma'am," like. My wife is super sensitive to drugs. I don't think her face has twitched the whole time she's been asleep. She's going to be out for a while. And she just giggled and laughed. And then came back two hours later and uh, Emily rolled over. And so then we're like, okay. And then she came back a little bit later. And I then- felt like livestock. Honestly, like I felt like a horse. Like that someone like gave me a shot to the booty and then I just like died. It's so funny. Anyways. So, that was great. Um, so, they sent us home. They sent us home. That was Thursday. So, then Friday, I Cried. was... And asleep. I, oh, you, slept, I was, you slept like six hours on Friday. Yeah. But During the day. Friday evening, I was just so angry. I was like rage monster just because I was... I, I had kind of like stopped contracting after that nap. And it just was... No, it like, wasn't it after was, that nap. So, it was like after we went home that night... Yeah. So, like, you were contracting after the nap. Right. But then, like, once we got home and kind of lived through Friday, I just kind of stopped laboring. Yeah. Like, it wasn't really until Friday morning that you stopped, like, contracting, right? Mm-hmm. 
And then it was just like off and like it was off and on, really random, not really intense. And I was just super frustrated and angry. And I was done being pregnant. I was like, this, no, I'm done. But my midwife wouldn't induce me until 41 weeks. Yeah. So I had to just let it be. Yep. But I, um, I think Friday was definitely one of those mo- like moments that you see in the movies where the guy is like, I literally have no idea what to say in the situation because I would <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, I could tell he was scared of me like all day. Yeah, I would like I'd be doing stuff for the kids. Well, because I told him like just go take a nap. It's totally fine. I'll go do stuff. And my parents were here too, and so we were like just talking and playing games and stuff. And I'd come into the bedroom, and Emily would just be crying, and I was like, I am <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I help? I I am I I'm pr- I probably did something wrong here. But I can't figure it out, so I'm just sorry. And what can I do now? Yeah, I was, I was not a good person. On and Friday. that is definitely not happening now. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so then I go to bed and I wake up at like eleven forty-five. And I had fallen asleep at eleven thirty-five. Yeah, and I was in so much pain. Seriously, contractions one to three minutes apart. So intense, I couldn't talk through them. And I was like, okay, well, this feels different. (laughs) So I'm going to track this. So I tracked it for about an hour, and it hadn't changed. They just kept getting more painful. So then I woke up Andrew, and I was like, okay, this is like my my movie moment time. Like, it's time to go to the hospital. (laughs) So Andrew, like, totally flew up. And it was so funny. He was like so incoherent, like looking for clothes, and he was like, "I need a shirt. I need a shirt." And I was like, "Yeah, it's fine. Calm down." Yeah, this is really funny. I just felt like it was. You're usually like so like put together and in control, and it was just really funny to see you just like yeah, oh, because I'd been up. asleep for an hour, and I was like in a super super deep sleep, and I'm looking up, and she's like. I think it's time to go to the hospital. I'm like, what? What? What's going on? Um, okay, let's go. And I need, and I was like trying to run through my checklist, but everything had already been packed. All, literally all I had to do was put a shirt was on, put a shirt on, <laughs> um, and shorts. Well, you know? yeah. Yeah. And so I walked to my, my closet and I was like, um, shirt. Okay. Shirt. Which shirt do I need? And I, I need a shirt. And, uh, 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 <laughs> and I could not <laughs> so think I was like completely bumbling over myself. Yeah. Anyways, we got there, and they monitored us for, like, literally not very long. That was very unspecific. That but. was literally the best sense you ever constructed. <laughs> Look at his cute face. We just finished Parks and Rec, if you haven't noticed. That's why. And we, we love Chris Traeger, and so we say literally like he does now. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so we, uh, I lost my train of thought. Okay, we get there, they monitor us, the midwife is like, yeah, we'll admit you, like, I had already... It's like, you're a six! Like, yeah, basically a six. And, um, so we get all checked in, and we, oh my gosh, it was so exciting, and it happened so fast. We had him at 8.23 in the morning, and, I don't know, everything between them was a blur, honestly. Getting the epidural, like, I... I always think, like, yeah, I can totally do a natural, like, unmedicated birth, but honestly, I'm way too scared. But also, I'm terrified of getting the epidural. I'm terrified of it. Like, irrationally terrified. Like, seriously, yeah. But, 
to me, it's worth it. Yeah. So. It's like you have epidural phobia. Like, like a legit, yeah. like, like phobia. Like an actual, of, like, hyperventilating, there's probably shaking. Like phobia, and it's like the needle. I bet there's a phobia for needles. I'm going to Google that as you're you talking. Google so it. you keep talking. So I will tell you about the epidural. It's amazing. If you haven't had one. <laughs> um, it is freaky because you can't feel your legs. Like, you feel that they're there and they're kind of tingly. Okay, it's trypanophobia or trypanophobia. So it's a thing. It's T-R-Y-P-A-N-O-phobia. So I don't know if it's trypanophobia or trypanophobia. Okay. So. Well, I have that. Yeah, it's like legit. Yeah. Like... You're supposed to stay calm. Yeah, but my whole body goes into like shaking and like super tense, and I just like can't, hyperventilating. Like hyperventilating. It's and it's, it's, and it's nothing that I can be talked out of. Like I can't be talked down from it. Yeah, it's and it's it was so frustrating for me and so hard for me because I'm looking at her. I'm like, honey, like I love. I'll tell you this now. I, I mm-hmm. love you. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like th- this doesn't. Like, there's no reason for this. And I know that. Like, I, I get it. And I know. And that's, I mean, and I, yeah. That, it's hard because, like, the logical side of me sees that, but, like, my heart hurts for you because I see how, like, terrifying it is. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it comes from your bad experience with Hiram because you had. I'm, I'm sure that's where it comes from. Yeah. So they had a spinal tap for, try to give her a spinal tap for Hiram, but it, she, they, like, something went wrong. And so, like, it, tapped her nerve and she like literally like, flew off the table and freaked out and lots yeah. of pain and yeah it was crazy um yeah so that that's probably where my fear stems from yeah honestly but i'm sitting there like knowing where the fear stems from like knowing how like how real it is for her and how traumatic it is for her, but then also seeing like you freaking out is making this worse and there's no reason for you to freak out like this is a different thing it's not a spinal tap it's like similar type deal but it's different like you've done the epidural before and you were fine like you know you can do Mm -hmm. this well i had a hard time with ruth not as hard last not as hard with her as with ammon i remember freaking out with ruth's but not as bad as yeah which is part of the reason i was like i don't understand it didn't make sense yeah. Anyways. It's almost like when you're dealing, like not saying you're like a child, but like when you're dealing with a kid and like they're freaking out about. Something silly. Yeah. Like the one time Hiram got mad at us because I was telling him that his big toe was not called a thumb. <laughs> yeah. And he's like. And that your big toe doesn't have a name. It's just your big toe. It's like, no. <laughs> it is. Like it needs its own name. <laughs> yeah. Which I yeah. get. It's like. Do we have like some things like that? I'm like, why don't we have a name? Like, like the sun. Like, why do we call our sun like the sun? Like, why doesn't it have a name? Like, all other suns have names. Like the moon. Like our moon is just called the moon, but Jupiter's moons are they all have their own names? Like pickles. Everything else is called a pickled cabbage or pickled herring or whatever it is, but pickles are, are just, just called pickles? pickles. They're not called pickled cucumbers. They're just pickles. <laughs> You're hilarious. I know. I'm funny. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so we get the epidural at like like seven centimeters probably. Yeah. And then. Like 430. 440. Yeah. No, it's probably closer to five. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the um, midwife shift changes at like 630 or seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So I had kind of been introduced to one and then it got switched which was totally fine because the other one was super great too yeah um 
And she, when I met, was it when I met her, the new one? Yeah, she came yeah, in. She to, came in to meet me. And, and like, oh, like, like I let's know just check you out. And she brought like this. How, what do you call that person? It was like someone who was in training. I don't know what, the, like. I don't know the like the a, jargon. Like a resident midwife. I don't know. I'm I don't not, know. I'm not a midwifery expert. Yeah. So she brought this other lady in too, and um, they just checked, and the the resident girl was like, um, she's complete. Like she's ready. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like ready to push out a baby. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, like you're ready to push. And I was like, and Emily oh. Emily takes a long time to progress. So I was expecting. Yeah. Another. I was expecting to have him like after 10 a.m. Yeah. But this was like almost 8:30. We forgot to talk about our prayer the day before. Our very specific prayer. Oh yeah. Do you want to talk about that now or after the? Let's talk about it after. Okay. Okay. So, um, I start pushing, and within 10 minutes, he's out. It was, whoa, whoa, honey. Okay, okay no, bad storyteller. Yeah, Back see, up. I told you it's I'm like, a bad storyteller. Went into labor and birth. <laughs> Back up. Okay, no. But you're right. There's a lot of so like, they, fun details. So they had uh, broke her water at mm-hmm. about 6.30. Yeah. Uh, and then um, they found out that that there's a special term for it. And basically, oh, oh, like meconium or something. Yeah. So he had like pooped in the womb. And that can be dangerous if they Which is gross. swallow it or like they eat it and choke or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So kind of like block the airways and stuff. Yeah. So... They had to bring in the NICU team just to... What? What? <laughs> you just... Like how fast you went through that. Like, and... I was pushing, and then 10 minutes later, I had the baby. Oh, you're laughing at that <laughs> I'm okay. still laughing at that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a bad storyteller. <laughs> birth. <laughs> I went to labor and birth. <laughs> okay. So... Oh, what was I saying? You just knocked me off. Sorry, off my they brought in the the NICU nurses because oh, knocked, the yeah. NICU nurses had to be there uh, just, just in, in case, case uh, Ammon, our baby, was unresponsive. Right. Um. And so when the midwife was there and said, "Okay, we're ready to push," then they, like they plopped out the little leg holster things, and then they <laughs> sounds ca- so weird. Like called in the NICU nurses, <laughs> and then come like in comes a parade of. Of sisters. Of sisters. <laughs> the sisterhood. Yeah. Why don't you keep talking, then I'll, I'll ask. I'll add my perspective afterwards. <laughs> okay, so everybody comes in, and I start pushing, and um, it's really cool because I look up at the ceiling, and there's a, like a light, like a... <laughs> Should you go towards the light? No, I mean at the end of a tunnel. No, <laughs> like if you look on a ceiling, like in a, a, a light building, fixture. There's like not like a fixture, but it's it's like a flat light with glass over it. You know, I think it's still called a fixture. Okay, well, it wasn't something that was hanging. It was like a glass plate over a light, like a big rectangle, and so I could see my reflection, and I could see everything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. I, I never thought I would want to see anything. Like, I never thought I would want to watch that. But honestly, it was, like, the most spiritual experience ever. To just watch him come into this life and come into this world. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have anything to add to that? I mean, there's a lot to add. I mean, like... Okay, so one thing that really just got me crying because I basically sobbed through the whole thing because I was just like feeling the spirit which might sound a little silly but 
I was just feeling the spirit so strong and I felt so connected to heaven and so connected to Ammon and to Andrew standing right next to me and he leaned over and he was like talking about the pre-existence and Andrew what did you say you were like by him she means Andrew yes 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 (laughs) sorry (laughs) but what what do you remember exactly what you said because oh I was like it was like here he comes like he's coming in like he's so like um I'll just I mean I I don't know if if you haven't had a baby or you haven't been in the room and watched like you probably don't know this I mean I didn't know this until being in the room during a birth but like it's not like you can't see the baby and then you're pushing and then all of a sudden like the baby pops out like right like as you're pushing um you can see like the baby's head like more and more of the baby's head and like when you're like pushing you can see like a, a lot more of it and so um like there was a point where you where it wasn't just like the top of of Ammon's head that you could see like you could see like more and more of his head um and like what at that point um i was like i was sitting next to emily but i would kind of like look over mm-hmm. and then go back and forth and i like leaned over and was like honey he's like right there like he's getting ready to come to the world like he's probably like he's saying goodbye yeah, to his he's probably like, saying his last goodbyes getting his last like thump on the cry back again um and okay i guess we should give a little bit of of uh like what's not clairvoyance what's the word like, like background. background um so in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints we don't believe that god creates our souls just at birth like we believe right. that we have we existed before we come down here. Like and, our spirits are eternal. Right. And that we lived with Heavenly Father before this life. And we had relationships. Right. And like before. And it wasn't like we were just like a thought or we were just floating around. Like we were we were spirits who were actively engaged in like learning and making friends and whatnot. But in order to move forward on the path towards uh, what God wants us to be. Uh, we had to come down, get a body, be tested, uh, learn, gain experience, and so on and so forth. Uh, and so a big part of that that plan, which we call the plan of salvation, uh, includes our pre-mortal existence. And so we exist as spirits, and then when we get a body, we come down, and then we start this next phase. Uh, and so I was just leaning over to Emily, and I was saying, like, he... I, th- I think he's like right on the other side. Like he's right there, you know, getting his last bit of instruction, saying his last goodbyes to his friends that he's going to come down and find. And, uh, and then he's going to help down here and, uh, you know, telling heavenly father that he loves him one more time before he comes down. Um, so that's what, <laughs> why do you make me cry <laughs> again? <laughs> I'm emotional as it is. And, Okay, sorry. Yeah. And that's, I also want to clarify, that's not like a doctrinal thing. That was just like a feeling that I had in that moment. Right. Right. But and that was, that was it like, just oh, like, that was happening. Yeah. And it just made me so happy and so grateful that we get to be a part of bringing kids into the world. So, yeah. And, and so, so I just like cried the whole time watching it and then like talking, listening to Andrew. I and guess. and she had been adamant about not wanting to watch beforehand. Yeah, I just thought like ew. Yeah. <laughs> but- and I 
birthing is a, you well, you finish and then I'll add the husband perspective. Okay, afterwards. so so he came out and um they just kind of like I don't know how to even put this. They kind of like flopped him on me for a second and he was not responsive. You could tell that he was like trying kind of I couldn't from my perspective I couldn't tell that he was trying but they 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 could I guess the doctors could and so they're kind of like smacking him around and he had the cord wrapped around him um but they were able to easily like untangle him and stuff and his head was all blue which totally scared me I was way freaked out so that made me start like crying even more and kind of like I don't know it's it's scary mm-hmm. um but they brought him over to the NICU nurses and um, they were able to get him suctioned and everything was totally fine. It was not a problem. Yeah, because of the fact that he had pooped in the... Right. Like in the womb, yeah. in utero. Mm-hmm. That's they should go and clear out his airwaves. Right. And they were able to do that and everything was successful and it was good. And then he started crying and they brought him over to me and he made the honestly ugliest face ever <laughs> yeah it was but um face. it was like a terrifying screaming face but once he settled down on me it was just so perfect and yeah yeah i'm in love i'm in love that's a great experience yeah anything you would like to add yes from a man perspective from a man perspective uh one thing that was different about this time that i actually re- thought was really cool was uh like not knocking on male OBGYNs, but this time we had uh, Emily had a midwife who was delivering, and that had been the plan all along, all along. And I honestly was a little freaked out about the whole midwifery thing because uh, I remember very strongly. Or very yeah, very vividly the experience we had with Hiram, where Hiram had the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck and his foot. And so every time Emily would contract, uh, he would uh, straighten out. Like he would, uh, yeah, he would straighten out and that would tug the umbilical cord on his foot, which would tighten the umbilical cord around Hiram's neck. Uh, and so that's why Emily had to have an emergency C-section because of that. Uh, because every time she was a, const- a contraction, every time she had a contraction, it was, constricting and restricting Hiram's breathe or ability to breathe. Um, and so I remember when the doctors like pulled Emily out and like brought her into the, uh, into the OR and, um, I wasn't able to go in because of Emily's issues she had with her, um, with her spinal, spinal block. Tap, yeah. yeah, spinal block. And so they had to put her under general anesthetic. And I was sitting out there, for, um, I was by myself. My parents were, were there, but I was like pacing the hall in scrubs because I had dressed out to be able to go in. But then they never came to get me. Um, and the, the, they came out later. And eventually someone came and told me, oh, we had to put her under. And so I just had to wait. And so I was just pacing up and down, like trying to peek through the the doors that led to the hallway where the operating rooms were. Like, just waiting for you to come out. And so, I didn't want... Or, I wanted the most 
qualified person who had the most possible expertise and experience to be the one in charge of, of uh, like overseeing your, your birth. Mm-hmm. Because I was terrified in that moment. And if I, I would have been more scared if I had elected to go with another birth route that involved somebody who had less medical expertise. Mm-hmm. So but after this experience, do you feel like, like even if something emergency were to happen, that it would have been okay? Yes, definitely. I think my my understanding of midwives were because they. I was thinking midwives were basically doulas. Okay, and I don't know a whole lot about doulas, but I'm pretty sure they don't deliver babies. They're no, just they there don't. Like as a coach, right? right? Right, and they're like purely. I have qualms about so many so much of like that like super hippie birthing movement <laughs> i'll just leave it at that because i know i'm gonna step on some toes but yeah. know that this guy has some qualms about it uh but uh i basically thought that midwives were just doulas who didn't have a whole lot of medical experience and who got like their degree from some like online thing like that, yeah. that like which online is super not licensing. Yeah, which is super not the case. Yeah. I was super impressed with our midwives and what I really loved that I was not expecting was in the um and and Oshner, which was the the mm-hmm, like med- the medical Yeah, the hospital. Yeah, the hospital where we where we had the baby. Uh they just did a fantastic job with this and kind of engendering this feeling of uh of sisterhood mm-hmm. oh. which is awesome but i loved it but i'm surprised that you loved it so much i yeah well, so it was like all of like the the midwives um that we interacted with or that i interacted with at least uh made me feel that they were uh women who were medical professionals and not medical professionals who happened to be women if that makes sense can you explain that a little bit? Um, so by that I mean, uh, they weren't women who. Um, how do I say this? They weren't like first and foremost medical professionals, and they just happened to be a woman that, and that was just kind of like an inconsequential fact, or just like, uh, what's the word? Not consequence. I can't think. Probably because we're laying in bed. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just some coincidence. Yeah. It wasn't like just some coincidence. Um, with the midwives, like their, I feel like their womanhood was very apparent in the way that they interacted with you and the way they spoke. And it felt very like sisterhood relationship first or dominant i guess i don't know um but when they were all in there it just felt like there were a bunch of women who gathered around it oh sorry hit the mic who had gathered around you um to kind of create this support to help you bring the baby into the world i felt like everybody was just like on this big team right and like cheering me on it was awesome and they all were medical professionals and were qualified to be there but they didn't give off this air of kind of sterile medicinal professionalism. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And not that they weren't professional, but it wasn't this kind of sterile feel. Like the feeling of sisterhood was very much there, which is something I, 
I wasn't expecting first off, and then I wasn't expecting to like really love. Um, but I think there's just something beautiful about uh, like being like kind of rooted or kind of connected in like our, our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I'm sounding like a hippie right now, but, um, <laughs> no, you don't, you sound fine. Um, but there's just kind of something cool about melding or merging these old, uh, old traditions that we have of kind of like the women of the, of the community coming together when there is a baby being born. Uh, so taking that tradition, which I think is a really great tradition, um, and there's so much symbolism that is packed into that, that I love. Uh, and we can talk, I, I think that women's spirits are different than male spirits. Like women are naturally more nurturing and more, uh, Christ-like in the soft way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that is why, you know, like Heavenly Father was intentional about that when he created when he created us. Uh, and uh, where am I going with this? Basically, there, there's so much about women's spirits that prepared them to be the nurturers that God's children need. Yeah. And to be the, the primary nurturers, not that husbands aren't supposed to be involved in that um, or that like they can't be good nurturers at all. But women just have a special ability and they, uh, their nature is generally on average across <laughs> populations. I got to be very specific so I don't right. step on any, you know, step on any feminist social justice warrior toes. Uh but they are special. And this idea of taking this tradition and then taking this new thing of like medical advances and, and professionalism and merging them together was really cool. And I felt really comfortable with the medical, with the level of medical professionalism I saw there. And the sisterhood was really cool. And I, I did feel a little bit like an outsider there just because I was a guy, but I was, I, I love the merging of, of advancements and progression with deep rooted symbolic tradition that I, I loved it so much that it didn't even bother me that I felt like a little bit like an outsider there. Mm -hmm. That's good. So, and, and then with, with the the other thing I was going to add was when Ammon came out, um, and he was a, like a little blue. I wasn't worried at all for some reason. That was yeah. really nice that you weren't worried. Yeah. Like that helped me out a ton because I saw your confidence and even though I was really scared, like I felt like you knew that it was going to be okay. Yeah. I knew it was going to be totally fine. And I, and I heard him trying to like, trying to, uh, to cry. And I, I knew that. Like he probably just got some stuff in his airways, and I knew that the they were, they were like you professionals, and they were trained, and they knew how. And it was a simple procedure; you just had to know how to do it to like clear out your airways. And I knew that they knew how to do that, so I was comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I probably talked for a lot longer than people care to hear. But do you <laughs> oh, want to talk cool. uh, before we answer some of our listener questions? Do you want to talk about our our very specific prayer we had the, the day before? Yeah, yeah. 
So the day before, so Friday when I was all up in a rage, um, <laughs> we had a very specific prayer and we have heard a lot that like one way that you can show your faith is to say a very specific prayer. Um, Which we've tried. We've and tried our that last... in different situations in our life. Well, in the last episode, we were talking about that, right? We totally were, yeah. And we, we offered lots of specific prayers. Mm-hmm. But for some yeah. reason, that I don't, I mean, I can't pinpoint what the reason was that this time it, it worked, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, or this but time we were more in tune with the Spirit. We were, I, I don't know, know what it was. I don't know what it was. But it felt different when we offered the prayer. Yeah, it did. Um, it, we, what was it? We said that, um, we said that, that we would go into active labor that evening. Mm-hmm. And we would have him the next morning, Saturday, in the early morning. Yeah. Yeah, in the early hours of the morning. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and we went to bed, like, and we're not having any contractions, and we thought, like, I was, okay. like, disappointed. I was, like, yeah, well, that didn't work. Yeah, I was, like, well, there's another prayer that we offered the wrong way, or we weren't in line with the the will of the Lord for whatever reason, so deuces, I want to make beignets in the morning. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, you, you woke up, <laughs> like, in the last minutes of Friday night. Yeah. And then went like uh, going in labor, mm-hmm. and then we hadn't had mm-hmm. Ammon the next morning. Yep, it was awesome. It was pretty cool. That was definitely like a big boost of spiritual confidence for me. Yeah, it's like and when I realized it the next m- morning, because I didn't even think about it until after the baby was born, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I brought it up until after Ammon was born. Nope. Um, it was one of those moments where. You know, when you have like a spiritual realization and it just kind of like hits you all of a sudden, it hits you so hard you like stop like walking or moving or whatever it was that you were doing. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, wow, like that was a very specific answer. Or like Heavenly Father just wants to emphasize the importance of that, of that encounter, or that spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so this birthing experience was unique in that, well, the whole pregnancy was unique in that it was during this whole covid pandemic mm, yeah um so we got a few also questions blessing about it last yeah. thing okay. uh so hiram's or i keep saying Hiram, ammon's due date was the 27th right which is the day that this is coming out uh and for those of you who aren't paying attention to the weather channel there is a hurricane hitting louisiana pretty much face on Basically, right now. Right now. As we're recording, it is so making landfall. So, how amazing is it that we had him early? I'm just yeah. so grateful. Yeah, Heavenly Father. I would have just been so stressed out if we were... Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah. So, we had, people asked some questions about uh, about what it was like to have baby mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Yeah, so we'll, I'll just um, read some of these off and we'll just kind of yeah. go and quickly. And we had a lot of questions that were similar, so yeah. we will just kind of... I think we'll probably have like three or four questions that kind of cover all the questions that were right. sent in. Yeah. So did you have to get tested? Yes. Um, before, so on that Thursday that we went, I got tested um, with like the nose swab thing. And it wasn't as bad as we had been tested before a couple months ago. And it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like the scratchy one. It was like 
kind of like a cotton swab up the nose. Yeah, it's like a big really fat quick. Cotton it swab. really wasn't bad at all. Um, but then I did not have to get tested though. Right, just just me. And then when we came back though, I didn't have to get retested. Yeah, which was nice. Um, did we have to wear masks the whole time? We were supposed to wear masks when we were in the presence of a medical. Well, yeah, when they came into our room. When they came into our rooms. And we did at first. We did at first. During the labor part, we did. During recovery, we didn't so much. And during the very last part of labor, we didn't. No. And I had asked them, like, can I take my mask off while I'm pushing? And they said, absolutely. Yeah. So I didn't have to wear a mask during, like, the intensest, the most intense parts of right. labor. Well, and I, and I was wearing a mask, but I, I could tell that, like, I, I couldn't kiss Emily and I couldn't, like, whisper in her ear encouragement or like you ended up taking it off yeah halfway through pushing probably yeah like there's just something about being able to have that like skin on skin contact yeah. with your face that helps right we had to wear masks if we were in the hallways which um, is weird which yeah i don't know yeah i mean that wasn't weird like wearing a mask was we, we forgot about it there were lot. a couple times where we walked out just to go for a little walk and we had forgot it and it was yeah, That's one time the nurse like us. like brought us our masks. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, sorry. Here's your masks. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, I forgot about this. Oops. Um, but yeah, when we were in our rooms and stuff, and we didn't have our masks on, we never felt judged for it at all. Yeah. I felt like it was really okay. Yeah, and in the like you said in the recovery, they would uh, come in and we just we just stopped putting on our masks. Like they they would come They'd in come in so often to check on you. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways. Okay, um, how did you pick Ammon's name? So, this has been a name, like, we both wanted this we name. We both, like, before we even started dating, we had talked about, like, like in group settings, we had talked about, like, naming babies. Yeah. Like and this the, was a name that we had both said. Yeah. Um, so that like and Hiram. Yeah, actually. we're, like, sitting with a group of friends, and everyone was just talking about, like, baby names. Baby names. And so Hiram and Ammon were both names that we had wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ammon, for those of you who don't know, um, is a missionary, uh, and or he was a missionary, and he was his missionary exploits, if you can call them that, and efforts were are recorded in the Book of Mormon. So there are a lot of chapters in the Book of Mormon talking about uh, Ammon and his brothers um, as they preach the gospel uh, to a group of people who were. Um, call them antichrists not antichrist they they didn't believe in christ and they were very aggressive towards anybody who did and so they went out and preached to uh to them and there's this one episode where he was not episode but there's this one incident where he was preaching the gospel to this king of this group of people who hated christ and he said hey let me be your servant and i'll just live here for as long as you want and i'll be your servant and so he he was serving him and these marauders come and they're trying to uh, attack the flocks of, of the king and Ammon pulls out his sword and says, I will defend the flocks of the king because like this is my, my job and I want to be a good be a good servant to the king and ends up like defending the king's property and the lives of, of the other of the other servants of the king uh, and ends up actually killing some of these guys in while defending again the king's property and the the people 
like the other servants of the king. Uh, and so that was, we were like that, all that, that Ammon embodied in, in the Book of Mormon. And then Edge, you want to talk about Edge? Yeah, so Edge is his middle name, like E-D-G-E, Edge. And that is Andrew's grandma's maiden name. So great-grandpa Edge, great-grandma Edge. I never knew them. Um, but why don't you kind of tell more about that? Because yeah, I, really don't I probably know. should have let you talk about Ammon. Since, yeah, but anyway, okay. Grandpa Edge, um, my great-grandpa, uh, for, first off, my, great, my grandmother is an awesome person. She's great. And so, um, but we, so the Edge name was a, a name we wanted to kind of help continue on in the remembrance of our kids. Uh, my great-grandfather was a frogman during World War II, and he was just a hardcore dude. Uh, he served in, in the Pacific. He had his boat blown out from under him several times, um, and he saw a lot of combat. And so it was... Uh, he was a gnarly dude and he was willing to fight to defend the rights of, of the innocent. Uh, and we wanted to have that namesake kind of continued on as well. And so Ammon, this great missionary who was use, willing to use force to righteously defend the innocent. Uh, and then Edge, the, the last name of my, my great grandfather, who also was willing to defend the the lives of the innocent with force um and that was uh that was a a message that we felt or a heritage that we felt uh our son needed i guess because we we pray a lot about our kids and like the 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 heritage i guess that we want to give them or like the namesake we want to give them yeah. to inspire We're very them prayerful about name picking and i know other people are not like that and that's and we, that's yeah, chill that's like, totally fine we don't judge you for that yeah this is just something we want to do that we, we want to give our kids a name to kind of inspire them and mm-hmm. we're prayerful about okay what are they going to need in their lives to help them fulfill the mission that god has for them and so that's why we chose Aminage. Well said. Okay. Um, What was your biggest fear when thinking of going into labor during a pandemic? My biggest fear was being tested positive for COVID because that would mean that the, like the policy surrounding that would mean that I had to stay six feet away from Ammon unless I was breastfeeding and that when I was breastfeeding, I had to wear a mask. And I just cannot even imagine being that distant yeah emotionally too because you you need that skin to skin you need that that bond i think in the, right cuddles. Away. In the cuddles yeah yeah that'd be really hard and that would have been really hard and i think that was my biggest fear going into labor during a pandemic yeah and we had heard lots of rumors about what the policy was and the rumors we heard were worse than that oh yeah we were hearing that like your baby had to go home with another family member and that, like Quarantine for two weeks kind of a thing. Which might be the case in other places. Yeah. I mean, this is very specific to our experience. And every state, every place, every hospital is different. So, I mean, you can't take everything we say as the rule. or Yeah. yeah. So that's... We every place We were terrified of that. Yep. Um, did you have to go to your appointments alone? And if so, was that super hard? Um, our first appointment was in February. And 
you got to be there, right? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, because my mom was there too. Um, so he did get to see the baby then. Um, but after that, you didn't get to come, right? Was that the no? End I was there at the the anatomy screening. Was I was there when they no. found out the gender? No, you weren't. How did we find out the gender? Um. We do we do gender reveal this time? No. Well, just. I had, you came to the parking lot. Oh, oh, And you waited in the right. car, and I got the scan done. And then they wrote it in a... They typed part. it on the little picture. So we, and we opened it up we together. We opened it together in, in the car. That's right. I totally forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, honestly, I didn't feel any anxiety or pressure or anything about doing it alone. Um, I know a lot of women are feeling that right now. I think it's a bummer when... Like, he can't be there to see the ultrasounds or hear the heartbeat and stuff like that. But I really didn't feel. And I think if it was our first sad. baby, oh, I, w- oh, I would be much more devastated. Yeah. But I was lucky with both of our, uh, of our first two, ki- or yeah, with our first two kids that I was able to be at every single every appointment. single appointment. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I know what kind of what to expect, and I know that. The vast majority of the appointments, they're just, they basically don't actually need to happen. Right. They're like a check-in to, to make sure that you're not like dying. But. Yeah. So I, I know that that's a big, hold on, we got a little, a little squirmy guy. Um, that's a big concern for a lot of people, but I just, I didn't feel anxious or anything about that. Okay. Were there any more that were not repeats? Uh, no, I think that was it. Yeah. yeah, there were a lot of repeats, so. Yeah. yeah. Anything else that you wanted to add that was unique? Oh, it's super hard. Uh, we, the kids weren't able to come in. Oh, yes. And that that was That was the biggest sad thing, too, is that, like, yeah, we couldn't have visitors, so Andrew's parents couldn't come or whatever, but the biggest thing was the kids couldn't meet him right away. Mm-hmm. So we, I mean, we got there Friday or Friday night, early, early Saturday morning, and we came home at Monday afternoon-ish. Mm-hmm. And so they just saw him over FaceTime, but it was so heartbreaking. I wanted them so badly to be able to come. Yeah. And they were adorable, but, though, over FaceTime. Hiram especially. Was oh, like they were in, so excited. And he's, they, they're still in love with, with Ammon, but yeah. Hiram is especially in love with It Ammon. was really fun, though, to bring Ammon home, and we just, like, they got so excited, and they ran out to the car, and... We got, we let them hold him. I think we posted on Instagram if you want to go see it. So cute. So fun. Yeah. So that was really fun. Um, And like kind of little things like family not being able to come and visit. uh, Because oftentimes when family comes to visit, they will like bring meals so I don't have to leave. Right. So that was difficult. But it's like when I wanted to eat, I had to go down to the cafeteria or if I wanted to go get other food, I had to, you know drive somewhere and then you had um, to be back at six yeah otherwise they wouldn't let me in right so that was just another little inconvenience. unforeseen inconvenience it wasn't difficult it was yeah it was an inconvenience but other than that, i mean it was a great spiritual experience and super grateful to heavenly father for a plan that allows us to bring little little sweet ones into our lives yeah because totally they're, the they're, they're just something amazingly spiritual that 
cannot be conveyed uh, that happens when you are there and like when you're part of a you know that process of intentionally and through covenant bringing children into the world it's like such a beautiful thing and and there are spiritual experiences that we had that were so that were sacred and special to us that we're not going to share on podcast we love you guys but um yeah it's just an amazing amazing thing i I will say that there there's something about like the final few days before that are extra spiritual i i just find like and and afterwards but actually right before there's like little messages or or ideas that just come to my mind that are very powerful and like the emotions I feel are just kind of on a different level. It's like a whole different spiritual level. Yeah. And again, I'm just super grateful to a heavenly father and a savior who've made it possible, not just to bring children into this world, but to be sealed together for eternity. Yeah. And I think this is my personal opinion, but, um, Birthing with you by my side makes you really sexy. <laughs> I'm glad. Honestly, I just feel like so much more connected to Andrew after that experience. She's, you're and amazing, hun. Like it was just like so amazing watching you like do your thing. It's, well, thanks, so, but I couldn't have done it without you. So I love you. Love you. <laughs> okay, guys. Now that All we're right, like, now that we're gonna go talking mushy to each yeah, other. Yeah. So we're gonna uh, close <laughs> this, and we're gonna go gush over each other. And our little baby, because he's yeah. probably getting ready to wake up and be fed. Yes. So we love you. Stay safe if you're in Louisiana. Or Texas. Or anywhere else, because everywhere South. else is on fire at this point, or, it feels yes. like. Um, stay safe. Be kind. We love you. Keep the faith. Say, I stole it from you. You did. Say your prayers. Do all the good things. We love Thanks. you guys. Bye, guys. Bye.